in the sci-fi series Dune when they battle when they do duels they fight with like poison knives yeah and in order to stab you because they're wearing electronic shields that block bullets to get your knife through the shield you have to go slow to get uh-huh. the point you can't stab if you stab too hard it bounces off so you have to like lock your opponent and then slowly push it through so it's like that so that's the intimacy of their shared fantasy on trolls do it differently but uh, the partner they know your dream they get intimate and then they just fuck you up because <laughs> they're through your walls that's sort of this slow knife that slow poison knife under the rib cage mm. <laughs> dude like Pierre your necklace is crooked why <laughs> why you know I don't know anyways but uh I'm working past it but I don't for some reason the slow stabbing with the poison knife finding your butt it's just it's probably it's probably trauma based then we go back in psychologist mode there's something in the past where people got away with this kind of thing and it just did destruction mm. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. It's the small symbolic thing. I know. Triggers. I know exactly what it is now. Mm -hmm. It's for sure. Just constant, like, I want to offend you, but not be loud about it. And then you can't do anything. That's a verbal skill. They're insulting you, but it sounds Mm -hmm. smooth or it doesn't seem like it on the surface. And they're reasoning. So the reasoning and the confidence makes it feel like it's not an attack. But your instincts want to go... Postal, but if you go postal, then they can say, "Look, you're overreacting," and you get so it's a lose lose. Yeah. You think about it, right? That's that's the that's the most genius part about passive aggression. It's just like almost so shielded that if you call it out, you look like the asshole, and they can blame you for it. See, we can't call it out. uh, Oh, we do. We can. That's the that's the way out. Push people to the point where you have to. They explode, and then you go, "Ah, see, see, see." Mm -hmm. You need to work on your fucking anger. Yeah. Reactive abuse. We have to learn how to call it out without being reactive at a meta level or something. Tammy, you were going to say something? Well, I was kind of comment. That's exactly what he would do. He would wear me down. It would be hours. I have a, a sheet where I recorded all of our, all the times of our phone conversations in one weekend. He was traveling. 25.86 hours on the phone between Friday evening and Sunday afternoon. That's almost impossible. Like that should 25. be actually 25.86 hours on the phone. And that's what he would do. He would just, it would be constant. It, he would wear me down. And then I'd finally snap or bite. And then it was all my fault. Like yes. I'm the, the crazy. That's, that's our unspoken social thing. You know if what we, I mean? If you act out, you have to take the blame. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden, then the problem is, is I did take all the blame. I'm like, oh my God, why can't I become, or why do I have to, why can't I just say nothing? Why can't I just let it, you know? And he would, he would make me think I thought it was all my fault. Like, I had no idea what he was doing until I was out of it. Yes, because you got distance. When you're in it, 25 hours of constant reasoning, distorted reasoning, dissociation, trying to find your buttons, poke your buttons, trying to get you to overreact. And also maybe giving the care of the shared dream. So back and forth. So they'll give you the trigger to try to get you to overreact the poison knife, but also a carrot of the shared dream that you're a good person. You can rescue them, blah, blah, blah. 
Hoovering can come back. Yeah. It was a vicious cycle. And it's a vicious cycle. So that might give, like, dopamine hits. Mm-hmm. You get intermittent re- reinforcement that keeps the dream alive. Mm-hmm. But you have all the drama. In a sense, sometimes you want the drama too, because that's all you know. Welcome telephone person from 201. What area code is that? Jersey? Jersey. We got Jersey. Welcome Jersey. Let's see another thing. Oh, this is a way out. But I haven't figured out how to do it in person fully. And I do this in the group sometimes. There are people who are not debating in good faith. Uh, If you've identified somebody who's not debating in good faith, give up. Like, you will lose at that game every time because they have the superior strategy. Strategy in numbers. Especially 25 hours worth of bad faith debating without proper ground rules. So you're trying to fight fair, where they're just trying to get you to overreact. Or they're giving you false false carrots. You do this and everything's fine. But then they just change that. Uh, then you have to do this. And they just smoke and mirrors. And numbers. Yeah. And, and the position on the battleground. And they aren't playing the same game that you're playing. And they're not interested in playing the same game you're playing. Like you're trying to play chess with somebody who will literally just smash the chessboard. Yeah. How, what, what chance do you think it, you have? It takes two people to agree to. That's part of what happened to Leslie. When she yeah. called out her ex, he just smashed the chessboard through the glasses or sunglasses at her, at her yeah. and threw a big tantrum. And then Leslie was now in defensive mode where Leslie actually caught him in act. So he just destroys the game. That happens in the script sometimes. New person comes, they don't like it. They just try to destroy the whole group. <laughs> and then they can always hide and run on Zoom. So they figured out Zoom now. So I have to find a counter to somebody who wants to destroy the, all the rules in the game. Play chess. And all it takes is one of them to just overthrow the fucking thing. So if both people are not agreeing to play chess, then it's not worth playing at all. Mm. But I'm... And a less hysterical frame of mind, letting go more, because I mean, what are you going to do? You can't argue against the witch hunters, you know? So this is a counter. You can, I, I suppose you can, I mean, d- like doing this is an effort to subvert yeah. uh, that, that power, this sort of freewheeling yeah. discourse around it. That is a meta discourse about discourse and uh, Pierre is a ninja at dodging the laser beams that get people cancelled so I'm learning from him how to do that and you can you can just uh, with absurdity and a sense of humour and by being daft you can you, you sort of that's our psychedelics I guess that's yeah. the psychedelics yeah. you can inject into yeah, YouTube right. yeah, it's, yeah. it's humour and absurdity and being meta about everything yeah, yeah. it gives space it just grants yeah. that, that little bit of psychological space where we can have a bit of a think without editing everything we're saying and and, and you guys can think as well as we're thinking. So this technique is harder because it's, you have to go meta. You have to go one level up. 
So then it's not as personal, and you can critique about the commentary and laugh about it. But when you're being poked, or your moral, uh, or your morality is being judged, it's hard not to take it personal. It's hard not to be defensive. It's hard to go meta. It's hard to laugh. I think the the、uh, making a joke about it also helps keep you in the right frame. Yes, because both of you are fighting. They're trying to make it life or death. But in Leslie's situation, the sunglasses are thrown at her. The guy is acting out pure violence. So it's hard for. <laughs> it's contagious. But if you could laugh it off, or do something that would be, or point it out, to sort of separate from the contagion. Welcome back, Farhad. You're echoing. We'll see if we can fix it. Oh, there, muted. Welcome, Nicole. So, sorry, the cell the cell phone two hundred one number is mine. I、oh. couldn't talk through the. Computer, computer, I had to reboot it. I apologize、okay. for interruption. No, you're following along. We recognize you're trying so hard to join. <laughs> oh, I have a video of some some judge who had a girlfriend who did a freakout thing and jumped out of the car and blamed him. <laughs> I'll have to look for that. That's a good clip, but. <laughs> The crazy person goes more crazy, <laughs> so it's hard to not get、uh, to join or laugh it off because they just they go postal. They just keep escalating. And and they're they always reply. How's that following? You know, I just want peace. I I I don't want upheaval in my life. That was his. Oh, that's a mindfuck. I want peace while they're like screaming, yelling, and talking to you for twenty-five hours. He used to say to me,、they're... "I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight." You know. <laughs> I don't want to fight while they're poking you, and then they're blaming you, and、yep. they're doing the poison knives while they're saying, "I don't want to fight." Right? That's pretty crazy. How do we stable? How do we stay stable after that?、Or、let's say Tammy was stable for the first twenty hours, but then he adds another five more hours. Eventually,、right. they wear you down. So, <laughs> it's、they're、crazy. Just, they're so sick. Once you're out of it, like for a year, I mean, I still wonder what could have been. You know. Stupid me, but I realize how sick he is, and eventually he'll either end up alone. The albino will leave him, and he'll just die alone. Yes, eventually. Yeah, the world Because, catches up. Right. And I'll have this dog here. We have Holly trying to join.、Mm -hmm. Hi guys. Welcome, Holly. Hi. Welcome, Farhad, with three boxes, <laughs> and Carlos in the car. What did I miss?、Oh. I thought we were starting at four, five, five thirty, not four thirty. <laughs> oh, four thirty was. Time is distorted today. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm distorted today. <laughs> My week has been sort of off. I've talked to other people. Oh. Their week is off, so it's probably yeah. common. Okay, here's a clip of a judge. This guy's a judge with a crazy girlfriend who plays the crazy card. Amazing. This is uh, like mind fucking crazy. And this clip is off YouTube now. I couldn't find it anymore. But what am I talking about, you f You're slamming yourself on the emergency brake. You're f attacking me. Stop it. So he's labeling what she's doing, but he's sort of triggered. But he's got camera evidence. And he's a judge, <laughs> so he knows the legal system. But this girl escalates. Watch her. You are not spending the night with me. I am Stop it! With you. Absolutely not. Stop it! Watch Stop this. Stop it! No! No! There's Watch what she says. Ow. Why the f did you throw me out? No, I had it videotaped. Why you did you throw me out? No, I had it videotaped. I'm glad I had it videotaped. Me out. Yeah. Why did you throw me out? That's cool, dude. That's see, that's why I have it videotaped. So you can't to know. <laughs> she opened the door of a moving car. <laughs> and then she blames him for throwing her out. And he's a judge, so he knows the legal system, but he still got caught up with crazy. How do you counter that? Oh my gosh, what are you traumatizing everybody tonight? <laughs> oh, Holly, you jumped in with that. But there what was did this, I miss? <laughs> there was backstory okay. of violent outbreak and emotional abuse, physical abuse. So that was a setup. <laughs> she sounded like she was uh, under the influence. Yeah, she sounded definitely drunk. Yeah, she was a little... Um, a little intoxicated. Intoxicated. But that's the projection. So earlier comment was that uh, abusers sometimes uh, say you're the narcissist and tell you to go to therapy. So they're projecting their their wounds onto you. And it feels accurate because their their sense of self is, uh, they merge with you. So they're dumping their wounds on you and they believe that it's you. Just like that girl believed that she got thrown out by him. <laughs> so if you listen to their reasoning, and you feel their confidence, you give them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and then you distrust your gut. That was earlier. You discount your gut because you're too intellectual. You're too academic. You're... The longer that happens, the easier it is for them to do. And they train you. Yes, yeah. they repeated exposure. Yeah. <clears throat> easier to do so how do we get out well i guess i get out i guess my goal now is to never get back into anything that even resembles an abusive relationship again 
that's the first step. Yes. You're super defended. Any sign of abuse, you're just gonna cut and run. I think even, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to do that perfectly, but I've started with having criteria that I don't bend on. Meaning, I was talking to this guy on the, on the dating thing. Um, and he was telling me how he has like two kids and basically had the kids like one when he broke up with this woman the first time and then they were together for nine years and the second one he had after they broke up again. Um, and then that along with some other, like he got a little defensive when I like said something about his phone. To me, like, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like my, my line of like what I need you to be, like if you have kids, I need there to be some rationale to how you had these children. <laughs> And I need you to be able to like take a joke or, you know what I mean? Oh, that's Not, good. Right? Can you take a joke? That's reasonable. And like, oh, he didn't, he's probably just like really, you know, nervous because we were talking. No, I was just like, no, done. Yeah. Next. So that's. But they can't like, take a joke. That's. No, I can take a joke. Good. Yeah. Oh, you don't know. This is a really good phone. And, da -da -da -da. and I was like, I was not going to joke. Yes. So that's it. That that's where I'm starting. I don't know if I'll, that will be the best way to do things in the beginning, but I'm at least having a standard of behavior. <laughs> well, that's a standard, but that's a reasonable uh, expectation. Someone can't take a joke. Then what will that lead to in a genuine? Uh, life situation, genuine tragedy, where you want them to not disappear. <laughs> can they laugh about? Can they take a joke? Can they, they laugh sacrifice their ego? Yeah. For the relationship, for the friendship, for some ideal. Did anyone's former abuser were they able to take a joke about themselves? No. Never. He would say that he, I learned from my mistakes. I'm not afraid to make mistakes. Mistakes are a pathway to success, yada, 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 yada. But yet he couldn't live that. He could talk yes. it. He could say it. He could live it. <laughs> he could teach it. He yeah. could say it. Super he confident. He was a master at it. He thought he was an absolute master at it. But everything he thought he was so good at, he actually, and I, and I didn't see it then, but the further I get out of it, he actually couldn't do any of it. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. That's another, that's another red flag or easy red flag. Mm -hmm. Do they live what they're speaking? Is it consistent? They all have grandiose opinions of themselves. Like they're the best at everything. Mike couldn't do anything. He couldn't even... I was a better fucking private detective than he was. He couldn't even do his own <laughs> job. If yeah. he knew how much information I had on him, I think he would die. Yes, but he just forget that because they can just shapeshift their memories. That's why they don't change because they just forget any non-confirming information. That's why it's 
if you really tend them what their truth, they freak out because they're always so good at escaping ego damage. That's why they can't take a joke. And that's why they don't walk their talk because they come up with a story or they distract themselves. My wife would say um, she she would tell people the brutal truth. She was brutally honest. But you could never be honest with her about what she was doing wrong. So. The inconsistency. Inconsistency. So the rules go one way, yeah. but not both ways. That happened to me a lot. Or I would get this, how would you feel if your partner did this? And I'd have to sit through these lectures and I'd have to come up with the right adjective on how I would feel so that I obviously know that I made him feel that way and it was all about guilting and shaming me into something that I either A, didn't do, didn't think to do, forgot to do, should have done, didn't say, did say, you name it. I could never, ever get through a week knowing all the right things to say and do. I couldn't make it through. You what did he do for a living? Every week. He owned property. He bought property? He, he wasn't an educator? What's that? He just owned he owned property. He yeah. wasn't an educator. He, he well, just he gave had, you lectures. Yeah, I got lectures all the time. And you like that apparently. Are you were used to that? I'm not Um, you know, that's also part of the trap. Yeah, I did get a lot of lectures growing up as a kid. Uh huh. Why I went into academia? Do you know what I mean? Because it's a comfort zone for me. Do you know what I mean? That's uh, I can't stand the lecture format. That's why I try not to fall into the trap in this group. Because mm -hmm. people like lectures. They want to. They're super ego. They want solid confidence lectures and just follow the guru. The right. thing is, like, he, they would always be really successful in their lives and have all these friends and be doing well at their career sometimes. So it's like. When they're lecturing, it's almost like, if I would listen to this, would it make me more like you? But then it's like how they are with you, that's like the real them. So then I, I don't know if it's like they are where they are because they're following their own advice. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like they are no. where they are because they're manipulative. Because they tell other people how to walk their talk. <laughs> Awful. Then how are they successful like that? There's a lot of codependents that listen to orders that listen right. to confident lecturers that listen to reasoning uh even though the reasoning is a mind fuck so, there is that verbal speed that acuity and thus so we don't we assume uh, too much. We assume the other person's going to play fair. And we maybe we shouldn't. Maybe people were blind to the uh, notion of consent. Like, therapy isn't magic. Counseling isn't magic. You need two adults in a room consenting to the process with a joint objective. We're assuming both parties are consenting. We're assuming the lecturing person is living their talk. That's an uh, un unspoken assumption. But they, they didn't consent. You don't have a contract. <laughs> or they'll weasel their way out of the contract. I think we also project onto people. Um, uh -huh. 
And I was thinking about that lately because I, I really don't tell people that I don't talk to my mother. But I had I said it to some friend. I don't remember a, a friend of, my, of mine in Colombia. And she wrote me this long message about how you can't not talk to your mom because your mom does this and your mom does that. And I thought, she doesn't know my mom. Like, she's never met my mother. So she's basically like projecting her idea of a mother onto my mother. But you don't yeah. know my mother. Um, and so, and, and I realized how much we do that. Like, we project what we think someone is like onto them when, when they're not that. <laughs> Most of the, well, it's a shortcut. The, yeah. Because everyone's complicated. And if you wanted to hear everybody's story, you'd have to create a mental map for each person. And people are lazy or they're busy or whatever. I have more mental space to make a mental map for everybody. But if I don't know the person, I have, I'm blind. <laughs> so I'm slower when people are unpredictable are new because I don't have that, that mental map I project. But most people do. They see us one little piece of content and then they instantly react and fill in the gaps. And then when the narcissist triggers you with the moral judgment, then you fill in the gaps or your reactive child part figure fills on the gap and you default to regression uh, infant child I'm in danger family's about to fall apart I need to I need to clean up the mess and then they'll judge you for that too <laughs> it's not even your fault you'll judge yourself for it too but your trauma which maybe we'll try to address next week. You relive it. So you're acting out your childhood trauma or the energy. So that knocks you off balance. So this notion of consent, sometimes you can go meta and say, what's the agreement? Maybe you could do it in your head or you could verbally say, what are we arguing about? try to clarify that point because there's loaded assumptions all over the place and I think Trump would just say like he said something and then Trump would say you heard me wrong <laughs> or I was joking so he'd always slither from the consent from the agreement what are the ground rules if you don't have ground rules there's no debate there's no argument there's no room for argument Because they'll just change the rules. Like you play sports if you don't have umpires. And the rules just change all the time. Can you play that game? Was there anything else in this clip? Debate is like that. You need two adults in a room consenting to the process with a, with a mutual objective. And if the mutual objective isn't to learn from each other, to the mutual objective. Uh, sort of have that yep. steel sharpening steel experience and to, to grow and develop. You, like that's again, as I said before, again, I, don't, I hope I don't sound old and like a fuddy. That's just not debate. It just isn't. 
it just isn't we need some uh, Socratic method back in the thing we need some discipline back in the thing mm -hmm. because it's if you're just yelling your point of view you may do that like freedom of speech covers that you're allowed but you it's disingenuous of you to say that that's a debate or you're trying to debate or you're trying to make a reason point you're just yelling which you may do my dear so the yelling yeah. gets attention on the internet that's a shout box so the trolls shout more and then use technology to just flood the room flood the comments whatever but in Leslie's situation the that the ex he was physically shouting and raging which also is a, a tactic to gain the spotlight but it's not a fair uh, open debate uh, and there's no goal the goal of the, the abuser is to to flood power play distort reality blame their stuff on you who knows what their goal is I was watching the video I don't remember if the little girl um, filmed it or if someone else filmed it but of a mother in the car with her daughter and, you know, starting a fight basically with the daughter, maybe nine or 10. Um, and you could see that dynamic. She just wanted the girl to like react and she wasn't getting it. Cause I think the girl's listening to her. Um, I, <laughs> I think, um, and so like, you just watched her ramp up. That reminded me actually of my mother, but it, it was so clear, like how she was just like, I need this, like, I need to get this from you. So she'd pick this and the girl didn't react and she'd pick another thing and the girl didn't react and she'd go back to the first thing. And the girl was like, what? And she was like, are you paying attention to me? So that became the thing like, don't, don't ignore me. Don't do this. Um, you can see it clearly from outside, but I'm sure the girl, you know, she's nine. Um, it's just like, what the hell? <laughs> So you could sort of put iPod or be distracted and checked out. And then if they're chasing you for attention and they're escalating, then you can sort of, you play dumb because like, oh, I was listening. What's up? <laughs> Why are you acting crazy? So they're trying to get you to re react. But if you just give them nothing, Grey Rock, they start reacting. Then you can point out their overreaction. That's good in court situations. So get all the evidence. Have that as uh, ammunition in the background. So when they point out the lie without evidence backing, you can just counter, or their lawyer counters with the plain evidence no no emotional reactions and get the other person to freak out in front of the in front of the judge well when mine took me to court for spousal abuse um i had given the the judge four pages documentation on what he has done i said he is an abuser of women and you know this is like a joke and they ended up throwing the case out 
but you're right. I was quiet and I just like nonchalantly, matter of fact, told the judge what he did, what he's planning on doing, how he's committing a felony. You know, he's going to commit murder. Um, you know, he's just an all around fraud. And he sat there. He was scared to talk. And then his face blew up like bright red, like his head was going to pop off his shoulders. And I, I don't know. I guess I got him back, you know. And the case was dismissed. It was a bogus case anyway, but he was trying to control me. Cause so he, mm -hmm. you know, to show me he's going to take me to court, you know? And I was like, yes. you're such a joke. But you got evidence. And yes, you, I did. You were cold, clear, calculating. You won or you got the course case struck. Yeah. And it's funny. You're right. They manipulate it. He takes me to court for spousal abuse. I'm not even a spouse. He married oh, yeah, that that's out like for yeah, it's uh, mind fuck, word salad. They'll physically abuse you, attack you. Then they'll call the cops first <laughs> and claim right. be the victim. It, or make yeah, up a story. A two, they make up the story first. Right. Yeah. I was like, he's so you're, an abuser you're on of all women. And then if you're reactive and they're calm to the police, the police will tend to listen to the first story that's calm. And you're so outraged because they did the abuse and it's obvious to you, but you overreact to the cops and the cops are going to listen to the more calm person. That's just uh, the social rules. The person that looks like they're reason reasoning is more credible, even if they're making shit up. I'll tell you, I feel like I have um, inflicted so much back in the narc's face that I've like, like done like for everybody. You know what I mean? Like I've helped everybody out by getting this guy. Everybody can share in it because whether or not you got him back or not, I guess I got him back for everybody, you know? Public service. Yeah. And guess what? This city is is a this is a small city and I can't even see him dating ever again anybody. Like I don't know. I just I feel like at least I got there's, one of them back. Yeah. There's dating apps now which favors liars <laughs> or charismatic for Belize fast exaggerator that's the downside of these dating apps right I mean at least mine the private detective liar he'll start in with the whole thing if he ever does date again you know like I'm a big private detective I kill people for a living remember that whole scheme you know yeah. fraud a new person hasn't heard that story so you can reuse the old story with a new person and it works because a new person is crazy. Right. Yes. And you know, <laughs> I put all the cameras up in front of the mosque on in Fairfax and you know, if they ever found out they would kill me and that's wow. why I'm never leaving you because you have something over my head 
and I'll never leave you because you could get me killed. But if anything ever happens to me and they find out you told the mosque people, they will come after, they won't come after you. They'll come after your kids and they will we kill your kids. Forever. There's a fun set up for that. Because of this. Leslie? Yeah. What do you get out of coming to these sessions? Like, I guess all the lies, like I just want somebody to say, they're all lies, you know, you were conned. And if I can like help somebody else by sharing these stories that they can finally get it and, and not get killed themselves because they can leave the narc before, like the, the stories were so exaggerated. And I'm like, how can I so it, ever believed it? Like it's still hard for you to see through the exaggerated stories. So that's why you're repeating them. Right. Maybe. Cause I want somebody to say that happened to me also. And I, that they believed it. And then, you know, there isn't any truth in it. Like I want somebody to be able to leave the narcissist because they understand it's all lies. And the narc tells, they all tell the same lies, exaggerated, you know, you can't really confirm or confirm it's it because how can you can do that? You know, slightly different lie for the others. Right. You can confirm it because you, you looked at the evidence. Well, I hired that other private not. detective to look into this guy who's a private detective and he was so like how do we get how do we get leslie your uh your gut back maybe that's what's missing you're discounting your your gut i bought it i bought it Hook, yes you bought it See? i would have so taken Adria's a question accurate an accurate pointer that you're coming here and you want somebody else to tell you it's a lie but why can't, how can we get your gut to see through that lie? What's the hook? Uh, maybe that's it. So there's a hook that still wants that lie or something that's making it s s stick around, right? Is it heartbreak? Is it shared fantasy? Is it there's a part of yourself that believed the lie? Your innocent, naive part that you're sort of exiled. You haven't forgiven this part of yourself that fell for the lie. Can you forgive your, can you allow space for this part of yourself that fell for the lie? I mean, I own it. I own well, it. Well, watch this and see. I don't know. This could be interesting. Thank you for the segue or the potential segue, Adrian. <laughs> In an almost relationship, we don't get that kind of closure. We just have the so fantasy lack of closure. version in our heads of what it could have been. And any fantasy is going to be infinitely better than whatever the realistic relationship would have looked like. This is why it hurts so bad. We're mourning an idyllic dream version of us. Not to mention the pain of rejection, the daunting task of having to find new connection, the reemergence of loneliness, and any self-esteem issues. So we have the heartbreak of the shared fantasy and the shared fantasy isn't all idealized. It's also all the drama because we fell for the drama. So we can stay in that heartbreak and avoid all this stuff. That's the secondary game for anyone who's following 38. 
38-day challenge. Was that day number three or four? What's the secondary gain of your bad behavior? <laughs> These patterns that continue. What's the benefit for you <laughs> to continue the bad pattern? So if you have pat, if you're avoiding all this, you can stay in that shared fantasy. This rupture may have caused. So how do you mourn a relationship you never had? Well, what we're really mourning is the dream. The dream that that person represented. Shared it's fantasy. not about them, it's about you. So remember, even though that person is no longer part of the equation, the dream is still alive. So the dream is still alive. That was the best answer she had, because she's still trying to get out. She's still repeating the cycle. But <laughs> it's a good pointer that we're we're still in love with the idealized shared fantasy. And it's not even them. It's the feeling you got that they evoked out of you. The potential, the hoovering opened up the some some dream, some innocent, naive part of you that hooked you. And if you judge yourself, I was stupid. I shouldn't have done that. I was so bad. You punish yourself for that. You're exilizing, you're exiling that inner child part that likes to be, likes the fantasy, likes the potential. And, you, and it, that's hard to do. And, you know, yes. like, I guess everybody in the group was lied to and deceived. You know, I get it. Like, but how do you, you're right. How do you even trust anybody when you still want that fantasy with, you know? No, you have to stay in the heartbreak. We're so used to jumping to the future because that's her way out. The heartbreak of your idea. Or the pay, what's the payoff? What's the secondary gain of obsessing about the ex or focusing on the future? What are you trying to escape? This was going to be the finale, but since we're a little flooded now. <laughs> this is kind of cool. So I saved you three hours of watching Teto Kokwasan to give you the juiciest, hilarious part. It's a full gem. It's a good gem, but you use everything in silence with the lights off. It's creepy as shit. What the fuck world is this? Wait, you have to work out in... So this is Richard Grannon's... Uh, Workout protocol. Seems like a true story, but it's so absurd, it's amazing. <laughs> and they're both drunk from gin and tonics, so it could be trigger warning or excessive drunkenness. So. Silence and darkness? Yeah. So when you put the weights down in the dark, you're like with a dumbbell going <laughs> as quietly as you can. As quietly as you And everybody who like there's a proper juice head gym as well so you got these big lads in there who are like 
in silence. Guys who normally be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. They're just in total silence doing the fucking work. This is so funny. This is so, this is so funny. Fucking simulation sucks. Right? The simulation. Look at his resentment. That is so funny. So, I can't stop. It's so ridiculous. He's so man. pissed off. I really, I just will, I will be so pathetically grateful when the my government gives me my basic human rights back. I'll be like kissing the hand and, well, thank you, master. You can go to the gym now. Thank you. Just to do the most normal things. Yeah. Oh my god, that is hilarious, dude. Holy shit. Oh, you have to pretend like you're shop, you're grocery shopping. Uh, it's a it's a major brand that I won't name, and you. Yeah, wait, wait! You have you you grab a basket. Like you're gonna like put like peaches in the thing. Like. You, do, you don't have to grab a basket, but you have to have a bag with the name of of the shop on. Oh and, and my god! So that if you are stopped, you say. So that you have a reason, you're like, oh, I, I, I went to, I went to the supermarket. So you have a bunch of really larger end of the spectrum humans with muscle, in great coats, scarves, and hats, with empty supermarket bags, <laughs> frantically tapping away the secret emoticon onto the signal app and being like, that's how you get into the gym. You have to do some emoji to to connect to say you're there. <laughs> that's my that's my life see his face see that res embarrassment and futility does that relate after 25 hours of just caving because the other person isn't playing fair <laughs> you just give up that's the purpose he's sort of given up to the craziness <laughs> so I can go to the gym Proud of it, you had, they had to get a bunch of buff dudes pretending like they're grocery shopping. It's the worst act in the world. It's ridiculous. It's to like, so you're at two o'clock in the afternoon, there's only old people shopping, and then there's a bunch of guys with the bags of the shop who turn right at the entrance and then go, you know, we're not, we're not <laughs> built for this kind of covert, sneaky, they're like these guys like, I will go to the shop. Oh no, I, I want to go over here. There's nothing over here. Do not look at me. That's a shame. I can't do it. I'm doing something I wrong. I can't do it. That is so ridiculous. Like, I actually, when I left the gym the other day, I was thinking, do you, will, you tell your grand, will you tell your grandchildren about this? And I was like, Pro probably. Probably. It totally sounds like a, a war story your great grandpa would tell you. Right, right. What was the. the That's upside. What was it like when we. <laughs> well, yeah, do we you Tell us what it was like when we used to be able to go outside in the pre pod times. You would have the picture of you buff at this age. Right. You'd right. be like, see, this was this was your old grandpops right here. <laughs> I got like that because I had to pretend to <laughs> grocery shop and hide in other, other darkness, man. Uh. And silence. There it is. And if I'm not doing that, I'm in the other gym. estate. You know, like a, it... this is cool. So the other gym, he doesn't have to do the fake grocery shopping, but this is other price. I'm in an industrial estate. You know, like a, it looks like the back end of a building site being snowed on with the frosty wind blowing through my loins. 
trying to lift weights and just acting everybody's just acting like that's a thing that humans do it's oh god it's it's because it's winter it'll be better when the summer comes kids it's gonna get better look he's being positive oh dude it will be better in the future it's like para olvidar las penas hoy se bebe you just gotta roll with that gotta roll with that whatever happens that's the future i just like it was worse for somebody else some other time whatever happens it was worse (laughs) over there that's fine just keep going Keep smiling, keep dancing, keep going. Keep going. That's codependence. It's a fuck up now. Keep going. (laughs) Look to the future. Be a perfectionist. He's still using that same strategy. (laughs) What's that? if I ever really had a very long like war story period I wrote it down sometimes I remember stuff you know and I write them down but I don't have much interest in having it validated like I I already know that that was fucked up so maybe if I didn't I, I would be there. So I'm, I don't know if I'm avoiding anything or if I jumped over something, but your first question was like, what are you avoiding by staying there? Uh, I don't uh, know. Uh, uh, yeah. If you have behaviors that are sticky, that you want to change that are sticky, yeah. Like, what's the secondary game? Yeah. Now, other people want validation. That's common, but not everybody needs that. I guess if I would have known people could deceive and lie like now I do, at least I would have been prepared. Like I've I've never heard such blatant. Yes, but that was the price for you to learn that lesson. That's not fair. Your upbringing did not prepare you for the rural, real world. Made you too naive. So you had to learn very expensively. And now it's up to you to integrate that lesson. The world is hard. The world is cruel. Richard Cranon has to work out in the dark, in silence. Sometimes you just have to eat the suck. Yep. Unbelievable. That's sort of the shared fantasy. Oh, this might be a a reason why a secondary gain. Well, what we're really mourning is the dream. The dream that that person represented. It's not about them. It's about you. Let me find it. Where is it? Oh, it's lost forever. Oh, there it is. Okay. No, you don't want to hear this, but from my experience, I just want to say this seems like the beginning of something abusive. 
That's the shared fantasy. You're addicted to emotional chaos, and your subconscious is trying to right the wrongs of your past by seeking out similar dynamics and rewriting history. Right there. You're addicted to emotional chaos. And your subconscious, that's the secondary game, is trying to right the wrongs of the past by finding a fill-in part partner. Repetition compulsion to rewrite history or to finish the story, to end the story. Some incomplete love attachment that your stand in, your abuser is a stand in, because it's all about your uh, fantasy, your desire for com completion, your desire for love from the parent being seen uh, finishing the job being recognized I don't know whatever we have Kurt and Holly disappeared she got scared by the the girl flaw or the girl falling off the car <laughs> And couldn't come back. How'd we trigger Holly? Uh, most likely there's something else. But it's a better story if I if we triggered her. <laughs> so this is part of the secondary secondary game. If you have if you're looping the story and whatnot, there's a benefit. There's an addictive quality. Before you had chaos from the abuser, now you have chaos in your head. The pattern of being addicted to emotional chaos continues. I qualify for that. You qualify. Are it's you proud true, of it? Like this, you should be proud sentence? of it. Are you owning it? Not yet. You know, like emotional reasoning is really part of me, you know, like I really love the way you put it. So I just I just wanna publicly announce that I relate to that. I hear you. But I validate your ownership. Thank you. <clears throat> and maybe that might change the energy. Now that you publicly owned it <laughs> and gave like a apology. As, as a matter of fact, re rewriting the history, oh my God, I want to, in my head, I ruminate how I can undo the past, you know, so really? instead of like, living the future or, or now, I'm like undoing the past in my head, so. How are you, you're fantasizing your head about rewriting history? That's pretty cool. How I, does this I work? Think that's what, I think that's what it is. I think it is the fantasy of having a better yesterday, you know? Really? Yeah, it is that, you know, I, I, you know, I'm hoping to have a better yesterday, you know? <laughs> not gonna happen you know because it's past it's yesterday 
Yeah. Yeah. But you're hoping. The hoping is a good part. If you take the hope and redirect it to something more uh, possible. <laughs> being present, I think, like being present to now is the. Anyway, I just want to take ownership of what I have. Stay there, yeah. Journal. Recognize this pattern. Does anybody else have a pattern of fantasizing about changing yesterday or the past or something? Yeah, especially with regard to like my childhood, right? I, my husband, uh, whatever. Um, but with regard to childhood and thinking about how things could have been right under another situation or, you know, in terms of like physical health or having family and all those other stuff. I do have like a, a, a rolling dialogue. On rolling dialogue. I don't know what you call that. So this is like, does it have a little bit of nostalgia? Of, no, uh, like what's what's the word of if you didn't have it and then you wanted it? Nostalgia is like a thing what you you did do. Oh, it's something you didn't have that you wanted. Right. Yes. Nostalgia right. is something that you had. So yeah, it's like was, a, uh, unfulfilled something. <laughs> what's ennui? I'm listening to this book called Healing from a Narcissistic Relationship. And the author um, says that's part of our bargaining. It's part of our mourning process where we bargain with our past and try and say, well, if I only had this or if I could have done this or I could have made it this way, it's yeah. actually part of us trying to bargain with our past. That's the technical term. That's good. Bargain with the past. Maybe we'll get the, a punchier term. Or but I don't get that. So, but it seems like it's probably come this bargaining with the past. Or that's coming to terms. Yeah. I guess I'm hoping it gets me to acceptance. I don't think I've quite reached acceptance yet. You've only been out two months. Early. <laughs> well, you've accepted some of it by your behavior. All this other stuff is just mental maps. Mm -hmm. So it's not a linear grief process. Right. And then judgment is sort of the guilt and judgment is a, probably a common codependent reaction. Your toxified super ego. It's like, a, why can't I master acceptance yet? How do I get better at this bargaining thing? <laughs> You're adding pressure where sometimes grief and this uh, rewriting history is to give space, compassion, honor the, <clears throat> the yearning, honoring the Honor the part of yourself that's attached to the shared fantasy. Is that your hook? 
what you disown owns you. Generally true, maybe not for every situation, but since it rhymes so well, what you disown owns you. You can exile it short term, but it always comes back or it's in your shadow. So it's pulling your strings behind the scenes, what you disown. And I ask my therapist all the time, like, how long does this take? <laughs> I know that's not a fair question or a question she can answer. But I would um, like to bring it up a little bit. Not gonna lie. Why? What's the rush? I don't know. Huh? Are you sure you don't know? No, I guess because so, I want to begin life again. I don't want to be in this pain. Aha. Uh -huh. You don't want to be in this pain? That's the rush. Guess what? That's codependence. <laughs> what is it? Where is it? Uh. This is codependency, ladies and gentlemen. It is a neurotic drive. No choice, no freedom to serve, to serve, to submit, to form. How do I do supplicate. it better? It is a terror of negative because emotions in yourself and in pain. others. You have a terror, negative emotions. You want to get out of the pain. Honor that. Honor the pain? Honor that you want to honor get out of the pain. <laughs> so first step is just to honor the part of yourself that wants to get out of the pain. That's honorable. Right. Don't honor the pain yet. Maybe <laughs> two weeks from now. We'll try to address that. Okay. But because in the past, Theoretically, uh, if you were a child and you shared your pain, it caused danger. It triggered somebody else, which could mean you're starving or you could be abused or hit or something. So expressing pain was labeled as bad or soothing pain was labeled as must do urgency. So you didn't learn how to give space to pain. It's like psychological warfare on us, you know? I don't know if victims of like Afghanistan, you know, soldiers over there, or PTSD, or the people that, you know, like munching by proxy kids. Like, are we feeling the same way everybody else feels that have been abused? Like, or is this different than all the other abuses? Yes and no. <laughs> you are like everybody else because this is the human condition. But you're also you, super unique. And you balance that reality to make sense of it. And that's the hard part. That's part of coming to terms with your past, learning to make sense of things, and then learning from your past experience so that you can 
go to the next step of life. But what's so hard about uh, people are stuck in the past? stuck in the past per se I'm hurt by what he did okay anything else I'm angry as fuck aha right there anger is also hard for codependents to fully own and creatively express That rage, the murderous rage. Of the relationship is something real, Tammy? Is that maybe, I mean, to think that if it was indeed something that was not sort of healthy, then reframing a little bit and, and, and realizing that it may not be helpful to be angry about missing a bad relationship. Like that he may have done something bad because it was a toxic relationship and, you know, maybe reframing helps you leave behind that sadness or anger or frustration, et cetera, because you're like, yeah, you did all those things, but thank God I'm not in that relationship anymore. <laughs> uh, well, that's the future spent. Right now you got to, seems like, there's some grief with the rage. So that's part of Dabda. Depression, anger, bargaining, uh, or denial. Denial, depression. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. So anger is linked with bargaining. And anger is linked with depression and sadness. Uh, and anger is a hard thing for codependents to process. So... Granin gave permission to do it here. My appeal to you here is if you want to do shadow work, go and look at your emotions. If you want to unlock what's inside of you, the latent power you have inside of you, you're going to have to do more than emotional literacy work. You're going to have to do emotional literacy work, emotional validation work. So you find out what you feel and you validate it. You say, good, I'm glad I feel this way. So but what if you want to take revenge and kill people? Say, good, I'm glad I feel this way. Good, 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 space. good. I'm glad I feel this way. Don't do it, but acknowledge that it's there. I, I'm in a murderous rage. You know who has the balls and the courage to admit? Oh, it's a side thing. But it's good you're in a murderous rage. Why is it good to honor this? Because your murderous rage is saying... Is your inner child saying, I matter. I matter. My feelings matter. I'm hurt. If you weren't able to say that as a child and you stuffed it, then your boundaries get crossed as an adult. And that same feeling of I matter is underneath your murderous rage underneath your anger. 
part of dabda. So denial, anger, bargaining. Then the depression, the grief, the heartbreak. That's what's underneath the anger. And the heartbreak is, I matter, and nobody sees it. I have trauma, and no one gives a shit. Not just no one gives a shit. I want to rush it too. My super ego, my adult self, also doesn't give a shit. That's so what do we do now? See, we want to fix it. We want to do something. This is developing a relationship with your inner parts, with your lost child, reparenting the inner child. That's sort of the uh, clinical theme of how they address this. Because you can't go back and get your parents to parent you, and you tried getting your abuser to parent you. You've learned that doesn't work very well, right? <laughs> So if you can't get your parents to reparent you as a child, because you're an adult now, you can't get an abuser, a partner to do it. So then it's up to you to do it and this group. So this group can be a collective container of me trying to play the role of community, the feminine side of parenting, the collective side, but the masculine side of a one-on-one -on -one relationship you have to do that or maybe a pseudo parent nothing will compensate for for it happening at the right time for the right from the right people so you need to wait for timing and god will put the right people in your in your path if you recognize All you have to do is wait. Whatever it takes, or you need the right attitude. Whatever it takes, however long it takes. Can you give space? Oh, I have a clip on that also. How did I not think of this? Oh, which one is it? Another thing that he did that is a common mistake for people is he didn't try to Why fix anything. He didn't make any suggestions. He didn't give well, me any is. advice. He didn't offer any alternative diagnoses. He just listened and had kind eyes and he waited. So can you do this for yourself when you're trying to bargain or feel pain? Or you can t order your therapist, give your therapist this link and help them be more better at holding space. For the baby to come. And when I would talk about my shame, he would affirm my goodness as a human being. And he would affirm our friendship and his care for me. And in this wonderful, safe environment, I wept 
on three or four occasions. Just That's the grief underneath that, the shame and anger. Sometimes you need someone else to witness your sadness, probably most people. I can witness my own, but still, I think I need to, I might also need to be witnessed. For a few minutes, I didn't get a snotty cry for an hour and a half, but I had three or four times where I had some tears surface and it cleansed my soul. It was really helpful and it was really freeing and it was really amazing. And then a lot of therapists aren't trained at this. So that's There's the differences between life coaches and therapists. Therapists tend to want to give people a diagnosis and want to treat them from a, a medical model, whereas a life coach just meets somebody where they're at and they use empathy and wisdom and uh, the skills of a midwife to help create a safe delivery of powerful emotions, emotions that can cripple you, emotions that can keep you from doing your job well. They can help deliver you from emotions that might cause you to think about harming yourself. They can deliver you, help you deliver yourself from emotions that might uh, have you drink too much or use drugs or some such thing. Sometimes you can't contain it all your own. The emotions are too intense. So having somebody else who can contain it with you, hold space, create space, or having the group, or that's the ideal of this group. It's a little harder on Zoom, or some things are easier, some things are harder. It is sort of like giving birth. So, uh, I relate to that. You know, I've been holding on to my sadness for a long time. I do do that alone, but I don't like to be seen by others that I, I'm sad, you know, or cry. Yes. Okay. Because it's shameful so or you don't trust. owning the second things tonight. Mm. Are you owning a second part in the group? See, see, so you're doing it. You're doing baby steps. Thank you for hearing. And is there going to be a little bit of weight lifted off your shoulder? You know, I think that there is so much shame in crying in public. I don't know what it is, but. And yet, but the answer to your question, yes, it is, is a small, small passage to freedom, you know? Small passage to freedom, but cleansing. From, from cleansing. my prison of being scared of being sad in front of people. So. Yes, to answer your question, yes, I, uh, it is, I feel a little bit better by just uh, saying, this is my problem. Oh, yes, sadness 
and anger. They're the both two emotions that are publicly shamed. <laughs> and for guys, sadness is not a, not as allowed. Usually, that gets shut down at teenage years. So then you become a shell of a person without the softening, cleansing quality of sadness. And Only people who are allowed, at least in this society, to be who are allowed to be that in public are probably like white women and maybe Asian women. Mm, maybe everybody Asian. else has to like yeah. suck it up. Has to cave <laughs> to the white woman's comfort, <laughs> and they use it strategically. <laughs> so they're not even crying. Genuinely, they're using it to uh, hierarchical patriarchy. They're gaining the patriarch patriarchy with their Karen tears. That's more after party. Don't want to dive into it. <laughs> what other summaries and takeaways from today? To wrap I feel up like the these group things really help help you know getting it out off your chest and understanding what you went through and you know it's not in your head the you know narcissists are crazy and everyone in the group understands like nobody else outside of like you know unless you've been abused by a narc nobody gets it you know so thank you guys for listening to me i really appreciate it like you guys get it it's a group container, so the group can, you can dump into the group, and there's some release. But there's also insights and little threads that pop up after the group or in the group that it's up to you to journal emotional literacy. Be curious to help integrate those little threads. So that you become more complete, more whole, and you're uh, rebirthing your soul cleansing transformation. That quality can come out. Out. And Holly never came back. Mm. We address anything or address a lot of stuff or not. Farhad got two ownerships, so that was a giant, uh, potentially giant uh, shift for him. Yeah, I got to work on those things, though. You know, it, 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 no, it's maybe actually you don't. Maybe that's your codependent, your codependent sorry, side wants to work on it wants to control it. This is a also a process of yielding, giving spaces, yielding and waiting for the right moment. There's a part of you that wants to jump in and force it, but imagine trying to force labor, 
force the baby to come out. So you mean I shouldn't do anything, right? No, you have to pay attention to the labor, to the baby about to come out. But you, <laughs> you don't just jump in and just. <laughs> Make it like when it's a C-section. Yeah. <laughs> now C-section, you could try to cut it open. That's not the traditional, natural way. If you cut it open, then you got to sew it back together. You have all these other procedures. Hey, I had that. Yeah, that's the problem now. Everyone has a medical births. So the natural way is symbolic of emotional rebirth. And we've forgotten that. In a sense, that's what's happening with COVID. It's 10 months which is a gestation period. So now we're giving birth to the new post-COVID and things are amped up this January. And this week has been time warp. So we're going through birthing, birthing pains. <laughs>